0: Hey, how you doing? It's Clayton here from HowToDrawComics.net and com, And today I have a very special guest. You probably know his face. He's been on the channel more than once, more than twice. How many times <laughs> have you been on now, Mark? Oh, man. I don't know. I would say like at least four, I think. <laughs> it's Mark Polton, everybody. And he's here today to talk about... Oh, can you hear an echo?
1: I don't
0: hear an echo. Oh, sorry. I know why I'm hearing an echo. It's because I had uh, my YouTube open. Yeah. <laughs> Technical difficulties over here. But we're here to talk about Mark Polton's brand new book. Uh, Hus- no, um, Hurley's Heroes. Hurley's <laughs> Heroes. There's a lot of uh, information running through my brain, though. No, I'm lying. I'm just excited to see Mark. So I'm fumbling over my words. But... Also on top of that, we're talking about the comic book hustle and I thought who better to talk about comic book hustling with than Mark Poulton himself because we were just speaking before, I was trying to work out how many comic books Mark has put out at this point and it is an astonishing amount for an indie (laughs) comic book publisher who's been doing this crowdfunding thing since 2017. How many books have you published so far? I'm going to let you do the honors here, Mark, and tell everybody.
1: So, so there's there's been 50. Uh, I've, I'm i currently fulfilling my 15th campaign. This is my 17th campaign total. I, I, I don't know how many books, maybe 30 books over those 17 campaigns. Um, mm. But, yeah, it's been a great uh, time. The, the last six years have been amazing. I, I would have never imagined when John and I launched the first Graveyard Shift book that, we would be where we are now where we're i don't know pretty much able to do what we want and i'm able to you know fund all these ideas i, I have so uh, i'm very fortunate <laughs>
0: yeah that is an astonishing amount of books an unbelievable amount i put out one and i thought damn i don't know if i have it in me to put out another one after that of course we will because we can't help ourselves we love to suffer but mark you've put out 15 at this point you must be a well-oiled machine, a seasoned comic book publisher at this point. So,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just a constant uh, fulfillment uh, here at my house. The the basement where I'm at right now uh, used to be like my, my prize. I would love to show this place off to people. You know, all my collectibles, my action figures, uh, graded comics. Now I don't want anyone to see this because it looks like a war zone. There's you know boxes of books and Gemini mailers and packaging supplies. It, it's it's a war zone, but it's yeah. and I keep saying, oh, you know, once this next campaign's done, I'll, I'll clean up and I'll you know enjoy my my man cave. No, because then the next shipment of books arrive and it's just a never ending cycle. But I, I love it. I couldn't uh I, I couldn't imagine uh I don't know anything better to keep me busy
0: you must have a huge basement to be fitting all the supplies in there that you need. And have you thought about just getting a warehouse and taking back your man cave?
1: I have thought about it. I thought about, uh, you know, uh, just getting like a a rental space and, but I don't know. Uh, I I also like to be uh, conservative with my money. So as Hmm. long as I can fit everything here, uh, I'll keep doing it.
0: Yeah. Well, You're a smart man, and you were just saying how you probably aren't going to quit your day job anytime soon, even though you've got 15 campaigns under your belt. Seems like things are going really well with the whole comic book crowdfunding gig, but you're keeping that day job. And tell me, why haven't you decided to throw in the towel on that yet and just go all in? with the comics. I know we spoke a little bit about it before we hit the go live button, yeah. but it's a, uh, I think it's important to bring it up because I mean, that is the dream, right. For us to be able to yeah. quit our day job and do this comic book making stuff full time. But at in the yeah, same absolutely. breath, it's uh, it can be a little.
1: Yeah. Oh. I, I, I do love the, uh, the steady paycheck and I love, uh, I love like knowing, you know, where my next check is coming from And with crowdfunding comics, it's, it's always a hustle. And uh, there's part of me that thinks this is all going to end at some point. And we, we start to see like some of the challenges arise with like campaigns being shadow banned on Indiegogo and people are coming up with the solutions or the workarounds for that. And we don't even have the answers on why these campaigns are being shadow banned. you know, part of me Realizes I violated the terms of service on my last campaign by promoting promoting it in previous uh, campaigns updates, which apparently isn't allowed. Which seems ridiculous because why wouldn't you want to make as much money as you could for this for Indiegogo, right?
0: For sure, yeah.
1: <laughs> but apparently that's that's against the rules. So I understand that and I accept the the shadow banding for uh, loose threads. So I, mm-hmm. I'm trying trying to play by the rules with Hurley's Heroes. So far, so good. But who knows? Who knows if it, if there's you know, people believe there's you know other other reasons why campaigns are being shadow banned. So
0: it's really hard to say. Yeah, maybe they hired a new team of rules and regulators.
2: Yeah,
0: who are you know trying to keep their job and stay busy, just yeah. going through all the different campaigns with a fine tooth comb and making sure everybody's following the rules and regulations. I mean. You know, some people think that Indiegogo has it in for us, but it's it's really hard to say and tell. It's all yeah, just all really I... speculation at the moment. That's why yeah. everybody is really concerned, because there's just no answers to it. Yeah.
1: All I know is uh, loose, loose Threads was shadow banned on its very last day, and that's the day I sent out the link to the campaign on all of my previous campaigns. And wow. Yeah, so it makes sense that, oh, they, they realized yeah. I did that. And I, I think it's a, a, actually the only time I ever did that. I was just trying to you know generate as much interest in the, uh, in the campaign because I, I really believed in that project. And mm-hmm. it turned out that that's uh, violating the terms of service. So I don't know. There could be other, like you said, people seem to think Indiegogo has it in for us, but we'll see. I'm playing by the rules this time.
0: For sure. At least you know now what caused the shadow ban for you in Mm -hmm. particular. Some people have no idea why they're being shadow banned. I certainly hope that we don't on our next campaign, but nonetheless, it is a risk. I'm not sure how Kickstarter is doing these days or if there's other alternative crowdfunding platforms. I guess the big challenge with people starting up their own thing on A brand new website that nobody knows about is there is a whole other marketing game to that, gaining people's trust, getting them to feel safe that, Hey, if we use this website to back your book, who do we hold accountable if something goes wrong? Is it just Mm -hmm. you? Is it somebody else? You know, if you're the only person that we can contact and you've decided to somehow con us into giving. Us your money into giving you our money, then we're kind of wow,
1: yeah. And and for uh... people that are building their own their own platforms, people are going to these new platforms specifically for their book. Like Mm. we're not getting the, I don't know the 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 window shoppers who just go to IndieGoGo. And I I know I do it. I just go through all the campaigns because I I like to find something that I've never even heard of before, and. You yeah, know, we're we're not getting that if we're if I just had a, a, a haunted pizza, you know, crowdfunder for for my latest project, people would only be coming to that because they wanted the the book I was crowdfunding. It wouldn't be someone looking for something new.
0: Yeah, for sure, and that's one of the coolest things about Indiegogo is that you can just hit that comics category button and yeah. take a look at all the awesome campaigns that are there, which. You know, unless we get some kind of registry going for all these unique websites that each have their own crowdfunding setup with their own books, then it's it's going to be difficult to find everybody to to have yeah. that easy access. So, who knows? Maybe that'll happen through Michael Bancroft's website CG Now. That could yeah. be a possibly a solution to that. Who knows? Someone will create it. Hopefully, find an alternative that we can all agree on and remain happy with but indiegogo is here now and kickstarter you know there's been problems with those in the past but i think some people are actually seeing a decent amount of success on kickstarter which is really cool crowdfunding isn't going away yet so i think at least in the forthcoming year we will be able to put out our projects and and see some success from that. You've got a new comic book coming up, Hurley's Heroes. Let's take a quick look at it here now and talk about the topic of today. Keep that in focus, which is, you know, the the whole comic book hustle, the grit, the grind that it takes to put out comic books consistently. This is your next one, Mark. How did it come about and why have you decided to do this comic
1: book in particular right now? So it's, it's based, it's inspired by a true story. Uh, hmm. a, a friend of mine um, suffered two strokes, had dual organ transplants, and afterwards dedicated his life to helping uh, children with uh, disabilities because um, he felt like he was given the second chance at life and he needed to, t- to do the most with it. And, uh, you know, much like comic book creators have comic conventions, the special needs community has conventions as well, where, you know, people show off their services. And he thought it would be great if he had something uh, for the kids that, that come to these uh, conventions with their parents. And uh, we thought a comic book would be a great idea. And we started brainstorming ideas And we, when we came up with the idea of, uh, you know, uh, someone who gains superpowers from a superhero organ donor. Uh, I thought we really had something with that, and uh, mm. you know, we I crafted a story uh, from that, and well, we put an artist on on board, uh, Fredson Oliveira, and uh, I was we were both really pleased with the the outcome. We really loved the book, and we think it, you know, definitely has legs for for future stories.
0: Yeah, that is an amazing idea. It's a relatable yet unique take on a superhero which i love i mean getting a superhero organ transplanted into you and gaining their superpowers because of it that's just such a cool concept so yeah great thinking there i mean you are a writer so it's no <laughs> wonder you've you've been able to come up with something that cool so well,
1: what yeah go ahead uh, I, I was just gonna say, like um I, I don't know, I just feel like there's so so much we can do with it like what's the extent mm. that we're gonna like things we're gonna like uh go through as, as the the series progresses, but what what's the extent of his powers um and uh how how it actually comes into play with you know getting a a superhero's organs uh, you know, do you get all their powers at once is it does it something that eventually like you know, your body gets used to and they develop over time and just the, the, you know, the, I don't want to say survivor's guilt, but you know, this hero died so he could live. And hmm. uh, like I, like I said, the, the real life Hurley said, he felt like he was given the second chance at life. Uh, the, the hero Hurley in the comic, he feels like he owes the world a debt that he needs to do something with these powers that he gained. So uh, there's a, there's, you know, so, so much cool. to, to mind from this uh, this
0: idea, I think. Yeah, you sure found a winner there. And so everybody has lots of different ideas, things that sound really, really good, but they never take action on it, and they never, well, do what you did, which is to go all the way through with it and turn it into an actual comic book. So what's different about you, Mark? Because you've had loads and loads of really cool ideas that you've followed through on and turned into a comic book and making a comic book for anyone who has has ever done it is certainly no easy feat it takes a lot of dedication and a lot of commitment and somehow you have to maintain the same passion that you had in the beginning all the way through the process of creation and then getting it out there to people so how is it that you're able to do that with so many of these cool ideas that you've been able to execute on? What what makes the difference between you and somebody who just has a cool idea, doesn't really do anything with it, and then you who has a cool idea and actually makes it into something?
1: Uh, I, I think I just have a drive. I, I'm driven to see, see things through. Um, I love the – I love – creating something from the ground up and getting that final product, that physical book in my hand. Uh, I mean that's the the payoff at the end for, for me. Um, that, that's the, honestly that's how I rate success like actually completing tasks and uh, I, I don't know and once that once that uh, next or once that book that I'm working on is done, I'm like I've already started working on the next one like my next campaign launch is in March. I'm starting to build the, the, the page for that, to, to launch that project. So that's cool. I I don't, I don't know. I I just, this is, this isn't, it's a job, but it's also like what I find fun, like making books is, is the best. I I don't know. I I just love it. And I feel so fortunate that I'm able to do this and make an, make an income from it. It's, It's mind-blowing to, like, if, you know, teenage Mark, you know, who idolized Rob Liefeld and wanted to one day, you know, hopefully make comics. To think that he had his own publishing company where he, you know, successfully launched 15 projects. He's working with his best friends. He's making books with his son. I don't know. That seems like the, you know, I I hit the jackpot.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Do you think part of it as well is that fear that it could all go away very soon at some yeah. point?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to get I have so many ideas that I want to get out there and I'm I'm afraid that oh, if I just take, you know, there's definitely care put into these projects, but I don't want to take you know, and mm. like Take, you know, my sweet time with it. I want to get these out there and get on to the next one because, um, like, I, like I said, you never know when it's going to end. I also have the luxury of being a, a writer uh, where I, I can finish my work quicker than the, the artist. So, luckily, I have plenty of amazing artists I work with that, you know, help, help me achieve these goals.
0: For sure. And so how long are these books in production before they end? actually go out cuz you said you were you were already starting on the next campaign after this yeah. one putting the page so, together so how long has hurley's heroes for example been in production
1: hurley's heroes uh started production i wouldn't say uh early summer uh of last year so it, it was a quicker turnaround than than most uh one of the the greatest lessons i learned in comics was when i was uh working for dc scripting hawkman i was also Uh, writing uh, Evangeline for Rob Liefeld at Image, and I was busy working on other people's properties. Uh, So when Evangeline got canceled, I was like, oh, that's okay. I I still got Hawkman. But then when uh, I was no longer on Hawkman, I had nothing in the pipeline, and I never wanted to be in that position again. And I, ever since then, I've just constantly been uh, working on different projects and to always have the next one ready and Right now, I don't, I couldn't even tell you how many I have in the works, but I would, if I I just had to, if I I had to guess, I would say there's probably like six, six projects going on. There's there's probably more than that right now, but they're in
0: production right now.
1: Yes. Yep. At at various stages. Um, There's, uh, I I have, I have five campaigns hopefully prepared for this year. So that there's, yeah, I always have something in the works.
0: Cool. And do you look over all of these books? Are you the the one who's saying to the artist, this needs to be fixed or that needs to be fixed or that looks cool or that doesn't look cool? Are you the, are you managing all of those projects or have you got you know, a sidekick there, an assistant to help you out with all of that stuff?
1: Uh, so everything that uh, I'm publishing through haunted pizza, I'm the one who, uh, you know, is over uh, project managing Uh, Mm. graveyard shift. uh, uh, I let John uh, be in charge of that uh, because he wanted to be in charge. And I was like, okay, that's, uh, (laughs) that's one less, uh, you know, responsibility for me. So, but yeah, everything through haunted pizza, uh, I, I look over.
0: Yeah. And you know, what's crazy is that even the projects of your own that you've got in production, you're not just working on those. You're working on a ton of other projects for other creators as a writer, yeah. Uh, which I've I, I had was, the honor to be part of too. Which is I, I was cool.
1: scripting uh, uh, one of our projects uh, today.
0: So, oh, yeah. nice! <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. That's exciting, yeah, uh,
1: man. When, when uh, creative people I like reach out to me and ask if I want to uh, work with them, I, I feel honored. And uh, I have a hard time saying no when great artists are involved. So, yeah, I I keep myself busy, not only doing my own stuff, but, uh, you know, I've been fortunate uh, enough to be asked to work on some awesome uh, properties of other creators. So, yeah, it's going to be a a busy year. Like, I I was just, like, going through, like, the names of the artists I'm working with uh, this year. It's crazy. You know, there's John Malin. uh, There's Mm. Clayton Barton. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Eric Nilotowski, uh yeah. Joe Sontag, Mike McMahon, um, uh, Chris Graves, uh, Greg Paulson. I- I'm so fortunate to all the all the killers I work with. Renzo Rodriguez, who's awesome. So yeah, it's going to be a great year.
0: Yeah, there's some great artists there. It must be so cool to see them bring your stories to life, and to to give a visual representation that you can look at based upon the words that you write down.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I sometimes I feel a little guilty that I, that I have all these great artists uh, working with me. Cause I know like as a, you know, aspiring writer how hard it is to find someone uh, to work with you when you're just starting out. And mm-hmm. that now I have like a whole, like, uh, I don't know, arsenal of killers. Uh. <laughs> on yeah. my side it's great
0: it's amazing that you're one of the biggest independent comic book creators right there now with out there right now with that many comic books under your belt and really you're kind of a low-key guy you know obviously yeah. a lot of people know about you but uh, it's it's not like you're out there showing off too much you know you, you're sort of yeah you're, you're low-key working in the background building your empire i feel like nobody's going to see you coming when you take over everything
1: yeah i'm not one of the um i don't know i'm not one of like the lo- loud personalities yeah. uh, of our uh our you know crowdfunding community I, i'm takes... just sort of i always said i'm more of a lead by example guy
0: <laughs> yeah well you're the moral compass right
1: yeah yeah
0: that's what they say <laughs> keeping everybody's uh, morals in in the right place. Yeah. But, so you've got all these comic books to keep track of. How are you keeping all of the teams on track? You know, I can imagine that you must be so excited to hold these books in your hands and see them done. I imagine you, there's some impatience that comes along with that just from the excitement. But is there ever delays? Do you have to, you know, motivate your crew and Give them uh, in- incentives, or maybe a boot up the bum to get them going if they need it.
1: Uh, there are delays, and I mean, I, th- thing things happen. You know, either you know personal things in people's lives that will mm. stop them from working on books. Oh yeah, or, you know, or if if comics are their their full time job and they they have to take other jobs to uh, you know to 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 make ends meet, but. I don't know. I have a good relationship with all my artists. I don't really um, have uh, some of the issues that other people have. Plus I have so many books like in the pipeline right now that, you know, if someone's delaying, uh, if someone's like falling behind on a project, well that just gets pushed back and what someone who is, you know, working ahead of schedule that just moves up uh, a release date. So uh, I'm fortunate like in, in that aspect too, that, that i have all these projects that oh if if someone if someone isn't hitting their hitting their deadlines uh there's there's someone else who is like exceeding <laughs> their mm-hmm. deadline
0: that's actually a pretty good strategy have multiple books in the pipeline for separate campaigns and whichever one wins the race that's the next one that you're going to crowdfund i never yeah. thought of that you must have a a very large budget to be able to fund all of those books and put them into production. Though I imagine that takes a lot of resources and a lot of money. Uh, Graveyard shift has
1: been very good to me, Clayton. Oh, (laughs) good. good. Yeah. So uh, yeah, when, when graveyard shift hit, I, everything I made uh, off those first two uh, books, I just reinvested in making more products, new titles, new properties, and yeah, to keep the to start building this business, I want to create something big for uh, for my son and I.
0: Hmm. Do you feel like you have a little bit of a knack for picking the right people to work with? Because as you said, there tends to be a lot of problems when it comes to comic book production, just with getting everybody coordinated. Some people slacking off, dropping off entirely altogether. Of course, you know there's those superstars out there. That you keep around and that you treat well, so that they never leave you. But yeah. at the same time, uh, there is a lot of that they can tend to be based on what other creators have told me, and not so much what I've experienced myself. Although I have experienced the uh, the situation where you know things just come up in people's lives that unfortunately pull them away from the project. And and life happens. Everybody's human, unfortunately, and well, fortunately, they're human. But if they were robots, then they would never have to eat or sleep or go away from a project, and they could just work on your comic book forever. But this is besides (laughs) the point. You you get what I'm saying, right?
1: Yeah. No, I I think I think I just have a a good relationship with everyone uh, I work with, and I, I I I understand like there's things that are going to come up uh, that take priority over our comic books. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Uh, You know, we joke that I'm called the the moral compass, but you know, I I, Mm. I feel like I I sort of live by a (laughs) a moral code. So if, if there's things that I would never like, I don't know, pull a power play and say, you know, you need to, I, I don't care what's going on with your personal life draw my book, you know, (laughs) uh, 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 you got to be understanding and Mm. uh, you you see, you see some uh, creator relationships uh, break up and they, they take it very public. I would never, I would never, even if I did have a breakup with, with, with a, a fellow creator, I would never go public with it. That's business needs to be handled behind closed doors.
0: I absolutely agree with you. You know, professionalism, Mark, I don't know what's happened to it. It's uh yeah. <laughs> it, it feels like it's it's gone out of the window a little
1: bit. Yeah. Oh. No, no. Uh, people forgot how to every... be
0: professional.
1: Yeah. We watch it every day <laughs> online. No. It, yeah. yeah, yeah true, I, I, true. I can't I can't I can't believe it. And they got to realize that they're they're people who support them are, are seeing this. And mm. uh, how could you back anyone in good faith when you they can't handle their business professionally? Absolutely agree,
0: and I feel like these—the way in which you deal throughout the business process, the way you conduct yourself—it—it remains and holds true in for an endless amount of time, regardless of the situation. So, the business principles and etiquette that worked really, really well, let's say in the 90s and 2000s and even before that, still works well now. And I I feel like people have forgotten about them or just decided that they don't work anymore. And, you know, maybe they see massive egos and crazy people online and they think, well, that's how I have to be. You know, I have to be, you know, a a prick or I've got to treat people harshly in order to be successful as a businessman but i don't know that that book how to win friends and influence people have you ever <laughs> read it and no. i feel like that 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 really does hold true and and creates really tight close relationships within the circle of people that you're working with
1: yeah no i, I think a lot of people like you said uh you know th- this uh i don't know om- almost online persona they take uh they take on they think that's oh that's how they need to to act in in business and mm-hmm. that way they kind of forget forget about prof- professionalism
0: yeah and um I, I remember hearing this awesome piece of advice it was just a, a little soundbite from one of my teachers back in uni and uh, we were talking about the games industry which you know you get a lot of different characters in there too Don't worry about that. But (laughs) at the same time, he said something very interesting that always stuck with me, which is uh, never burn your bridges because you just don't know what could happen in the future with the person who you're dealing with. You know, maybe they become huge and massively influential, massively successful. And they could have been an amazing resource and help to you in your own endeavors. If you had have kept things civil instead of just blowing the bridge up. Yeah. Right. And that no, happens I have a, more often I have, than
1: you'd think. I have a perfect example of that. Uh, when I started yeah. my comics career, uh, my very first book, Coney waves uh, was published by uh, a small publisher in Canada, our studio. And I had a great uh, relationship with the owner um, I started writing press releases for him soon after he signed my book a couple of years in, he asked me to be the vice president of his company. And at the time they were Canada's largest comic book publisher. We probably published Mm. like 300 graphic novels together while I worked for him. But as my career started to take off, I had less time uh, for him and uh, we, we parted ways on a, on a good, Mm. good foot. And we always, We always, you know, kept friendly and as my career went one way, his career went another way and he stopped publishing uh, comic books. He opened up an animation studio and started making animated films. Hmm. Now he's producing and directing uh, live action motion pictures and he sees what I'm doing uh, with crowdfunded comics and he wanted to get involved and he's actually uh, helping me develop Hurley's Heroes as a live action uh, motion picture. So, you know, keeping that good relationship with, with someone over all these years. Mm. Like you said, you never know who that person's going to turn out to be. He's now someone who can help me, you know, get to that next level.
0: It's so amazing. And who knows what connections they'll make or or what resources they'll have at their disposal. It's, it's just so strategically smart to, to manage yourself uh, with, thought and consideration when it comes to business i feel like in, in everything you do and everything you say because so much of it can even come back to bite you uh and yeah i I, f- I feel like people have have forgotten the advantages of doing that but you know you are somebody who in in every sense of the word i think everybody who has dealt with you mark feels as though you're a really nice guy really easygoing <laughs> reasonable I, to talk with in most situations if not
1: all yeah no maybe to uh maybe i'm too easy going to a fault but i don't yeah. know I, that's just that's just the person i am well sometimes i i
0: ask myself am i too being too nice here am i being have i am i coming across as somebody that's easy to take advantage of yeah and so i i feel like you know something else i was i was listening to the other day uh a businessman who uh, I like to uh, tune into once in a while. He's got some great advice. Provides a, a guide for me to follow. But he said, "It's it's okay to be kind, but you don't want to be too nice, right? So there there is a difference. You know, being too nice is really acting in a way just to get approval and validation from somebody and At the end of the day, they're they're never going to value you for that. But if you're kind, especially if you're somebody who has a massive amount of resources at your disposal and you don't need to be kind, but you just are, I feel like people are going to remember that. And they're they're going to feel as though they're they're indebted to you because of it, because you didn't need to be kind to them, but you were. And it makes you a kind person. I feel like that is definitely the best way to be in the posts that you make online, in the emails that you write, in the interactions that you have in this comic book, this little independent comic book industry that we're creating and have been creating for the last, what,
1: five years or more? Yeah. No, I mean, th- th- there's, there's a lot of, you know, aspiring creators who reach out to me for, Advice or, or or whatever, and you know, I, I, I'm free with my time to all of them. And you never know who that person is going to end up being. They could they could leapfrog my career. And, oh yeah, and I, and I'd rather have them as an ally than an, an than an enemy.
0: Well, there's such little value in having an enemy. You know, yeah. they 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 kind of tend to just be a distraction at the end of the day. So even if they are kind of an enemy if you can swallow your pride a bit and still figure out a way to work with them i think that is it's almost the 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 age-old question of do you want to do you want to win the war or do you want to win just the battle right yeah because if you want to actually win the war then you got to swallow your ego and work strategically because the the, the little battles really don't matter that much at the end of the day. They just, you know, stroke your ego and that's about it, but they don't really push you forward. And I think especially in, you know, our little community, uh, Comics Gate, it's so, the landscape is so up and down sometimes. You know, sometimes a person is an ally, then they're an enemy, then they're an ally again. And there's different circles happening. And it's certainly true that at points people have been enemies then they've they've tended to like us again and then you know it, it's so wavy and i think all you can do is just try to be consistently conscious of managing those relationships as best as you can and and not just blowing them up you know there's yeah. very few people i think that <laughs> i could say i've hated so much that i've completely cut <laughs> them off very very few yeah
1: yeah. It's, 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 it's funny. I like, uh, uh, it just made me think of, uh, John Malin and I were talking about mm. like w- one time something had to be dealt with and he was like, "Yeah, I'll deal with it, Mark. Everyone, everyone loves you. Let's just keep it <laughs> that way. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So well, for yeah, sure. So, uh, so I am, I am lucky that I have John to, to be that, to, that, uh, stirred, mm. uh, you know, person w- when we, when we need it for graveyard shift. So, but in all other like aspects, I, I have a fantastic relationship with everyone I work with, and I don't know. Like, there's like you said, there's no benefit in having enemies, unless you just want to you know create some drama to hopefully mm. drum up sales. But I'd rather have the work drum up sales.
0: Yeah, I mean that that is a consideration too. I mean, it is unfortunate that drama tends to sell. You know, yeah. there, there are definitely YouTube channels that are out there that have been out there, which a lot of people tune into just because of the drama, even if they hate tuning into it, they'll still yeah. watch it because it's, there's lots of drama involved with it, but you know, and in the end, well, well, what stands the, the, the test of time?
1: Yeah. What's the shelf life uh, on drama? Mm-hmm. I'd rather have like the work speak for itself and, Big time. you know, you know, just build something that people you know resonates with people
0: yeah evergreen content is the best kind of content rather than you know things that are just in the moment that are going to pass quickly and it's interesting because you have to ask yourself the question as well does drama really sell your book specifically because you know people if they're going to buy your book they're going to buy it sometimes just purely because they like you as a person but a lot of the time it's about the product and uh, if, if you're not drumming that up and you're not focused on the product and talking about the insider scoop on that which is what we're trying to give you guys here on Hurley Zeros and, and talking about how it was made you know I always used to love at the end of a a VHS video when, you know, say it was Terminator 2, you'd see the making of it. And they'd have interviews with the actors and talk about the, you know, interviews with the special effects team, talking about how they made all the prosthetics and stuff. And that just made the movie so much more cooler to engage with. And I feel like if we can do something similar with our comics, that has got to be the best type of marketing to actually see it in process, the creation, the making of these amazing books. That's what hooks people in. It makes them feel like they're a part of the process, part of the journey. In the end, it's it's up to creators, I guess, as to how they go about marketing their stuff. But there's definitely two approaches to it.
1: Yeah, no, I agree 100%.
0: Let's get Hurley's Heroes back up here again and and talk about the story a little bit more and also where you want to take it into the future. How many issues have you got planned for Hurley's Heroes and – Ultimately, where is the story going to go for our hero? What's what's going to happen in issue one? Are we just introducing the character?
1: We're introduced to the character, and we get uh, his his origin story. Uh, future issues, I want to deal with uh, that survivor's guilt and you know feeling like he owes the world a, a debt. And when is mm. it ever enough? Stuff like that. Um, I I just feel like there's a lot of great emotional. Uh, storytelling what we can do with the character but for the first one i want to you know really like grab grab readers with an action-packed story give them hurley's uh origin and you know how how a hero sacrificed his life so so hurley could uh get a second chance at life
0: yeah what i love about your comic books mark is they always have great visuals and beautiful colors inside them uh, which is so important when it comes to a visual medium.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, So, uh, like I said, I work with great uh, artists, but I also work with a great colorist, uh, Anthony George, colorist of Graveyard Shift. Whenever I can work with him, uh, I, I do so. He's fantastic. And he he plays to the strengths of the, the artists he, he works with. Uh, he colored my last campaign, Loose Threads, and the colors that he did for that book, entirely different than the colors for for hurley's heroes so you know i don't know he just he he's a chameleon almost like the the way he can i don't know just work with an artist's strengths and come up with the perfect color palette for him
0: and did the two of you discuss what sort of coloring style you'd go with for the particular line artist that was on the book
1: no he just i don't know he just knows what i like he just <laughs> knows he, what you like he, huh? yeah he, he delivers
0: You know, I will tell you, Mark, that I've worked with people who just like the stuff I do. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there in the meantime freaking out about it. I'm like, man, this is just not good enough. They're going to hate it. They're going to yell at me for doing a bad job. (laughs) And they're going to have a bunch of corrections to tell me that I've got to attend to. But you know what is the best is when somebody just somehow – by some stroke of luck, you've made all the right decisions along the way, and they just like what it is you've done. And it, it, there's no other feeling. So I'm sure your colorist feels that
1: way. <laughs> oh, I I hope so. I mean, I, I want to I want the people that work uh, for me to to be happy because I want to I want to keep them on board. If I, especially if I'm pleased with their work. But yeah, everything uh, Anthony turns in that is fantastic. Uh, this this piece we're scrolling by right now this is actually mm. so uh, one of the things with hurley's heroes is there's a 12 page preview to the universals initiative and yeah. the universals initiative was a project uh john malin and i uh were hired to do about really? 12 12 years ago work for hire for a studio in mexico uh at, when graveyard shift was in its infancy we got this work for hire job the, the owners of the studio just happened to be huge Rob Liefeld fans, so they, they, they hired John, and they hired uh, me, who uh, we were both working for Rob at the time. And uh, they tasked us with creating this whole new universe of characters. And it's, Anthony George wasn't the colorist of the project, but 12 years ago, he reached out to John and asked if he could have some work to just practice his colors on. And this was a piece, and when I acquired the rights to finally publish this book uh john mentioned that anthony had colored some pieces so so i reached out to him and said is there any chance you still have uh some of these uh you know pinups and covers that you colored and he was like oh my gosh this is a blast from the past but i do have the the files and i was like well if you if you want to be part of this project you you can be the the colorist because i i acquired the rights um And I want to go forward and I'd love to have you aboard. So, yeah, you know, Anthony, Anthony, a young Anthony George, 12 years ago, was practicing his colors on this. And then uh, it just so happened he ended up being the colorist of Graveyard Shift and working, uh, working with me on several of my projects. Yeah,
0: these are some great looking colors. Very nice, considering they were just practice. Yeah. But let me get this straight. You were employed, work for hire you and john to Mm -hmm. create this book yeah how like and now you've acquired the rights to it how did that happen and uh and why did you decide to do that
1: so it so it's a crazy story so 12 years ago we were hired to do this story at the time it was called the universals and this publisher had big plans for it um And one of the owners of the studio owned a chain of restaurants in Mexico, superhero themed restaurant chain. And they Mm -hmm. would, they actually made like life-size statues of some of these characters that are in their restaurants. I I have, I have pictures of them. I I keep saying I'm going to have to share it, but yeah, the characters are on the the menus. They have life-size statues. I was like, wow, this thing's going to be huge. There's a lot like money behind this. And then for whatever reason, the, the books were, John and I did two uh, stories. We, we did 40 pages of work. Uh, oh, wow. They were never published. And I always like, you know, like you say, don't burn any bridges. I always kept in contact with these guys to see like what uh, the plans were. And at the same, same thing on their end. They kept tabs on what John and I were doing. And they saw what we were doing with the graveyard shift. And eventually I was like, you know what? I'm going to just ask them if I can publish it. If if they're if they're too busy because their their life took them in different directions. The when COVID happened, the, the, the one owner who owned the chain of restaurants, he was fighting to survive, to save his his restaurant chain. And the other mm-hmm. owner happens to be an architect. Uh, so he was busy building hospitals for for all these, uh, you know, COVID patients that were <laughs> popping up wow. across the the, the the country. So. I reached out to them and said, hey, if you guys don't have any plans to publish this in the near future, I would be interested. And they jumped at the offer. They thought it was fantastic. We made a a deal um, that I'll publish it and acquire, you know, uh, the rights to it. And, yeah, we're working together. Everything's going great. And I'm so happy that after 12 years, uh, this work that John and I uh, produced that I'm really proud of is going to see the light of day. So it's yeah. going to be a twelve twelve page preview in Hurley's Heroes, just to give p- people a you know a glimpse of what it's going to be, and then later this year uh, we're going to launch the full uh, forty plus, uh, plus page book.
0: Wow! So this thing is written by you and illustrated by John Malin. Yes, that's so cool. We haven't seen a, a book illustrated by John Malin for a while.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, it might, it might, uh, come out before God likes. So I don't know, maybe I'll beat I'll beat John to the, <laughs> to the press with his own book. Maybe. So is this,
0: is this thing, is this book done? Is it colored or is there still work to be done on it?
1: So I, I'm actually going to recolor it because I wasn't happy with the original colors. So, gotcha um, and, uh, there's also like, uh, additional work that needs to be done. So I'm bringing my friend, Chris Graves into work on it. And, uh, Chris, Chris and I, Graves we have a, amazing. we have a, yeah, Chris is awesome. Um, just, I, I it, it's crazy. I don't know if you believe in fate, uh, Clayton, hmm. but Chris Graves came into my life, <laughs> and like, yeah. and, and it's so weird. The we, we talk about it often. We're like work we're, we're workout buddies. That's how we met. And then really, just so hap- yeah, and he just so happens to be like an amazing artist. And he did uh, graveyard shift fan art, and I didn't realize at the time it was. It was him who submitted the artwork, and I was like, "Huh, <laughs> it's, it's crazy how things work." And now we're we're hmm. working on this incredible uh, book called Writhe and Pain* that's going to come out later this year. He's helping me with Universal's initiative. You know, we work out every Sunday. We talk comics. So, Damn. I, yeah,
0: that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, well, talk about small world because yeah. I think Chris Graves has been a part of the had a draw comics Facebook community for a long time. And I've seen his work on multiple occasions. I come across it all the time. I'm a fan of it. He's, he's, he's an yeah. amazing artist. So this is just the fact that he knows you as well. It's it's incredible how everybody is connected to the point where he's your workout buddy on top of everything else.
1: Yeah, no, it's crazy that, that we lived so close for, for so long and we... I don't know. We, we, yeah. we met, we didn't meet through comics. We met through working out. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, from what I've seen of, of Chris Graves, he's, uh he's definitely, definitely looks like a workout buddy. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. But this is, this is so great. I'm, I'm almost as, ex- I'm almost even more excited to see this book come out here because I'm a big fan of John Malan's art and, I'm looking at this and there's also, there's almost like a, a Michael Turner flavor to his faces, which yeah. I don't think I've noticed before.
1: Yeah, no, this is, this is a, mm. a young John Malin. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a piece of comic history. You can see, you know, I, I, I joke and, and say, cause. People like to say John Malin is the the modern day Jack Kirby, and I said, "Oh, imagine uh, you know discovering forty unpublished pages of Jack Kirby." Uh, I don't have to because I discovered. (laughs) I don't have to imagine. I discovered forty unpublished pages of John Malin. So, so to see early Malin before he, you know, became you know the artist of Graveyard Shift that everyone knows and loves, and you know now godlike, and he's at the top of his game. You can see him at the like the early stages of his game. This is before Marvel Comics. This is before uh Wow. You know, this was before you know, that? Yeah. What? So he was just
0: <laughs> dang talented for a long time. Yeah. So Mark, I know that you probably can't give away any details, but what goes into I mean what can you give me a ballpark on how much it costs to acquire the rights of a property i'm guessing you know it didn't cost as much as it would be to acquire say the rights to publish dragon ball z stuff or power rangers right. or something like that and that it was a unique setup between the two of you but i got to imagine it's not it, it it can't be a small price to to acquire the rights to a full property
1: uh so I don't want to burst your bubble, but, but, but I, I think it's just, you know, having those good relationships with people yeah. that we came up uh, upon like an agreement that works for, for both of us for at everybody. the, at the end of the day, the, the owners of the studio, they want to see this published as much as I do. So mm. th- they were willing to, to work with me to, to make this happen. And, uh, that's so know, cool. Uh, yeah. I'm very thankful for that. So, yeah, it's 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 it wasn't as expensive as as you might think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> you know, it's it's really interesting, Mark, because I feel like you know, you you you've had a taste of business, you're a businessman. You could say you're a businessman. And I've certainly had a a taste of it myself, but I never really knew how to be a businessman. Like I feel like I was always ill-equipped. And what I've come to realize is that you're just dealing with normal people, just yeah, regular people that you can have conversations with, and that you can sometimes they prefer it when you take the initiative and lay out what the deal is going to be. and sometimes it's vice versa. Sometimes they like to take the reins on that. but it's it's been a really amazing experience as I've become more comfortable. Dealing with that kind of thing, also figuring out when things go wrong, how to find solutions to make sure that they uh, they, they get back on track. Uh, how have you found the same thing to be true for yourself in in your own endeavors, Mark?
1: So I, I I've been told uh, by a friend that I'm not a good businessman because I'm not cutthroat, but I I found that I don't know, like I I, I get more out of being, you know, friendlier to <laughs> to people and mm. uh, I don't know, and, and I think it's good cuz you just end up working with uh like-minded uh people like yourself. So for sure. Uh, I don't know. I, I want to change the way I do business. It, it's been working for me uh so far.
0: Yeah, that's great. Were you ever unsure about how to be a businessman, though? Did you? Oh, um, absolutely! Or did you just yeah. have a knack
1: for it? <laughs> no, no. You know, early on, like very, uh, nervous, I didn't know what to do. But yeah. you know, I, you just you got to take that chance and you got to reach out. Like I, I don't know. Uh, most of my comic book career was made but because I took a chance and reached out to someone. And I don't know if it was like the. It, it, I don't know if it was business wise the smartest thing to do, but I, I took a chance and to see, mm. to see what would happen if, if I if I did that. And sometimes you you won't find out unless you shoot your shot. So exactly, it's, it's, yeah, it's led to a lot of great things.
0: That's totally it. And I think in some ways this is one of the reasons why you and John Malin are such a great team because you really are the nice guy, and he is <laughs> kind of the uh, the more firm aspect oh no absolutely
1: and i I get so many messages when when john we love john for his rants but i get so many messages afterwards was that meant for me mark Uh, i was (laughs) like no you're you're good you're good all right so people message (laughs) you just to double check that
0: he's not talking about them yeah uh, because
1: i'm good cop he's bad cop yeah
0: (laughs) well but you know in a way what what he's doing, at least for me, like I, I think it could, it could possibly rub other people up the wrong way, but for me, I almost want to hire John Malin as my manager, because I tell you what, I'm not very good at meeting my own deadlines, but when it comes yeah. to John, I really put the work right. in and really strive <laughs> to meet those deadlines. Most of the time, I do. I believe I've met all of them so far, yeah. but... Yeah, it's it's amazing because if he wasn't the way that he is though, if he was maybe a little bit more relaxed about it and chilled out, I don't know if I would be as on top of my game. Yeah. You know, it's it's really it's really quite interesting to think about. So I think, you know, different th- there's going to be different types of people that you hire who are going to respond to certain ways of you being, whether you're someone who's firm or someone who's a little bit cool, calm and collected and more loose. And, and I think that you've really got to, you know, sometimes figure out what is, what is going to mesh well with them? What is, what do you have to be in order to get them motivated, get them productive, but also actually enjoy the process of working for you because if they don't enjoy working for you, they're probably not going to do their best stuff and they're probably not going to stick around either.
1: Yeah. And also look like John has Godlike and graveyard shift. So th- those two have to be running on schedule. Cause that's what he has, yeah. you know, if, yeah. if you know, U S oh, yeah. assassin falls off, off the rails. Well, you know, I have, you know, Viking wolf, you know, mm. on the back burner, or I have so blackout cool. too, you know, stuff like that. So I, I have, I have a little more, I don't know. Uh, uh back i have a, a more backups in case yep. something goes wrong john has a schedule that he needs to keep those two properties you know running running smoothly
0: for sure yeah well it's been an awesome conversation mark i say we wrap this up i'm going to check out the trailer here um it's it's always so fun talking to you about this stuff i feel like like i i just want to pick your brain about everything because you're those creators who have just been so successful at doing crowdfunding like you know i feel like how long has this been open for only a few days you've already got 45 backers on board no doubt with a book that looks this good others are going to join in and grab themselves a copy I'll be high, highly encourage you to i'm definitely going to and i feel like even though your campaigns may not be as big as the, the Colossus that are out there, like Ethan Van Skyver, for example, at the same time, I feel like you you just with all the campaigns that you have put out, you must be uh, building up and, and making up for the fact that you, even if your campaign aren't gigantic, all those, all those
1: little ones oh, certainly yeah, no. add up. Yeah, definitely. A- absolutely. You know, my my you know four four or five campaigns you know equal you know may equal like some some of the the bigger campaigns so
0: yeah that's amazing nope. <laughs> that's just incredible yeah and i mean it just i really like your strategy i i feel like you've got a great strategy going on um you know you've got a ton of books that you put out and you're certainly making some profit there and if you contrast that with some of the bigger, slower campaigns, well, like Kozol, for example, which was t- like two years in the making, it's it just makes so much sense to be doing what you're doing instead. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you just lose money otherwise, all over the place when you when you take when people. But when creators take so long putting out a book, so I'm gonna to have to figure out, pick your brain about how to how to best navigate that.
1: well oh, anytime, man. I enjoy talking with you uh, as well, and uh, yeah. we'll be working a lot together. Uh, we will be. I'm future. excited yeah. for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope I can do your your stories justice. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure it's no secret anymore that. You and I are working on Eric Nino pro upcoming project, Hopscotch yeah. Origins. Are you happy yes, with sure. the work that I've uh, that I've done for your story on that? Have you oh, seen any yeah. of it?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I've been uh, looking at the pages as I uh, script the dialogue this, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and it's fantastic. This this book is going to look amazing. Uh, I'm so excited for right. people to 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 see it.
0: Yeah, me too. I can't wait. All right, and you've got a trailer here, so let's check that out. Um, hopefully, I've shared the sound. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. I'm just going to share it again uh, to make doubly sure. Here we go. Turn that on. Beautiful. You hear that, right? Yeah.
2: We call me a blue
0: was uh, that was a really cool trailer
1: thank you a uh, shout out to 6am uh, comics who edited it for me uh, did a great job who did the rap so i found that cool I, rap. I actually found that on youtube's uh, free audio library <laughs> really yeah yeah youtube
0: google they offer some <laughs> amazing resources for free did you do google has a free website builder no, I had no Google, idea. <laughs> Google Pages or something like that. Google Web Pages. Yeah, oh, they wow. just—it's—it's it's pretty incredible, and they've also got a, a whole font library. Google Fonts. You can just download fonts from them. How amazing oh, wow. is that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, to the wonderful chat. I was on a completely different panel here because I know this is live. I was on the the graphics panel. For some reason and so I completely forgot about the chat but I'm seeing you all there now so I just want to say a big apology for uh completely ignoring you I I I knew we were live but I wasn't thinking about the chat and uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in you know I see you there, crazy mad I missed out on all these fun comments damn it um Th- thanks so much for tuning in. Really, really appreciate you guys. And I uh, i promise to make sure I've, uh, I haven't streamed in a while. You might have noticed. So I'm a little <laughs> bit out of practice, but uh, I'm going to get back into it. So yeah, uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been an absolute pleasure as always. I love talking to you. You're very easy to just talk with (laughs) and uh, i hope we can do it again real soon good luck with your new comic book campaign Hurley's heroes
1: thank you yeah and thank you for having me uh anytime you want to talk man just let me know
0: will do all right and to the chat we will see you next time until then stay safe stay well have fun and enjoy life i'll see you in the next stream bye bye for now